know, if a buyer's not willing to put their neck on the line a tiny bit, then they're not serious. I mean, what is he doing right now? Welcome to this part three video in this special video series where you get to see a live deal breakdown and watch me virtually wholesale a house from start to finish. Using a real live deal, you're gonna learn how to choose the best cash buyer for your deal coming up. This video is brought to you by 10K Club, a program that pays you $10,000 for finding ugly houses. Learn more at my10kcheck.com. If you're new here to the channel, I'm Jerry Norton. I went from dead broke to millionaire flipping houses. And after doing a thousand deals, I created this channel to help you master the art of wholesaling and flipping real estate so you can live your dream life. Be sure to subscribe and click the bell icon to get notified when new videos are released. On this part three video, there is a huge lesson to learn about choosing the best cash buyer when you secure a good wholesale deal. I actually didn't follow my own advice and I chose the wrong cash buyer, which cost me dearly. But like a good student of the business, I slapped myself, learned from my mistake, and then chose the right cash buyer, which I'll be sharing with you so that you can learn from me and not make the same mistake. So first, let me give the backstory on this deal, then explain the right way to choose the best cash buyer, then show you how I didn't do that, and then how I fixed it. And if you've been following this video series on video one, I showed how I virtually found and secured the deal for 160,000 virtually in less than 20 minutes. Then on video two, I talked about how I virtually did my due diligence and found a foundation issue and how I got the seller to give me a $20,000 price reduction and amend the contract from $160,000 to $140,000. If you missed those videos or you want a refresher, I created a playlist with all of the videos in this series. I'll put that playlist link in the description below for you. So a lot of things happened from where I left off on video two. After getting the price reduction, I only had about 15 days left until the closing, so I had to hustle to find a cash buyer in order to be ready to close on time doing an assignment of contract. Using a black hat technique I teach here on the channel, I started contacting other flippers doing rehabs in the same neighborhood about my deal. Who better to take my deal to than other local active flippers in the same area? It's my favorite method for finding a cash buyer. To learn that technique, I'll put a link to a video in the description below where you can watch me do it on a live deal. So I started marketing my deal, but I quickly ran into a big snag. What happened was one of the cash buyers who went and looked at it left the lights on and didn't lock the back door, which upset the agent and the seller. Thanks a lot, frickin' cash buyer. So the agent cut off my access, which meant I couldn't get any more buyers to see the property. So now what do I do? I could have pushed the issue since it wasn't my contract that I could have unrestricted access to the property. But at this point, I only had about 10 days left until closing and still no buyer. And guys, this is the reality of wholesaling. This is where you have to make a decision. Go all in or back out now and cut my losses. If I pull out, I'd lose my earnest money and a lot of people avoid doing deals for fear of the consequences of backing out of a deal. Now, while that sucks, it's not the end of the world. In fact, I did an entire video dedicated to the very topic of how to effectively back out of contracts, link in the description. However, feeling extremely confident that I had an awesome deal, I decided to go for it and I stopped trying to look for a cash buyer and I stopped trying to assign the contract and instead, I plan on just purchasing it outright for cash on the scheduled day of closing without a buyer and then resell it afterwards. 
which I'll explain, so keep watching. And that's where the fun began. Now, let me stop right there because I know what you're thinking. Jerry, what if I don't have the 140,000 to close on the deal? Yeah, that's a problem. And this is why I'm a huge proponent of raising capital for deals. I've raised millions of dollars over the years for deals. And the biggest thing that I'll tell you is raising money isn't that hard if, if you get a good deal. Get a good deal and the money will follow. So if you can't write a check for 140,000, that's okay. You can still do this. I put together a funding kit that shows you how to get 100% funding for deals without credit or experience. And in case you're wondering, 100% funding means none of your own money in the deal. So if you want that for free, just go to myfundingkit.com to download it now. At any rate, the point of this video is not to buy houses with cash. It's how to choose a cash buyer once you have a good deal. And that principle is the same regardless if you are reselling the property to a cash buyer or assigning your contract to a cash buyer. Once I closed on the purchase, I immediately relisted the property on the MLS for sale for $169.9 using a flat fee service that cost me like $399. And then I started getting a ton of interest. Almost daily, I would get showings on the property and I had a handful of interested cash buyers and it wasn't long before I got a decent offer from an investor. Now, let me stop right there and take a minute to discuss five things that must align when choosing a cash buyer. Number one is obvious and that's price. But the mistake that a lot of wholesalers make is they overlook other important factors because they get starry-eyed over a high price. Think about it this way. Someone could offer me a million dollars for my house but if they have no way to actually perform, then a million dollar offer is useless. That's where the other four factors come into consideration. The second thing to consider is how your cash buyer is gonna fund the deal. Now they may tell you cash, but that is used very loosely. Find out where the cash is coming from. Is it liquid funds in a checking account? Is it coming from a partner? Or are they using hard money? And none of these things are wrong or necessarily bad. Just know that if the buyer is getting financing, there's an increased chance that they aren't able to get the funding. That's why the third consideration is critical, and that's earnest money. Earnest money is a good faith deposit that's put down up front. If the cash buyer is not willing to put down a substantial earnest money, then what they are communicating is they are not very serious about the deal. And the fourth factor is contingencies. Now a contingency means that the buyer can back out of the contract. For example, if there is a financing contingency, then if the buyer can't get financing, they can back out of the contract and get back their earnest money. If there is an inspection contingency, then the buyer can back out of the deal during that time. Contingencies aren't necessarily good or bad, it just means that a buyer is less committed to the deal. And the fifth factor to consider when choosing a cash offer is the days to close. 30 days or less is usually considered fast. So the best way to understand these five factors when choosing a cash buyer is to use my deal as an example. Shortly after relisting my property, I received an offer from an investor. Let's see how this offer measured up on the five factors. First, the price of the offer was 160,000, which is 20,000 more than I just bought it for. So price was good. The second factor is funding. When I pressed the issue of where the money was coming from, the buyer informed me that he was using hard money 
and he provided a pre-approval letter from his hard money lender. Now, this is not that great. I would prefer it was cash in a brown paper bag, but I can live with hard money. The third factor is earnest money, and this offer was only for a $1,000 earnest money, which is way too low. So I'm gonna come back to that in a second. The fourth factor is contingencies. This offer didn't have any contingencies, so that was good. And the fifth consideration was time to close, and this offer was a 30-day closing, which I was okay with, especially since he was getting hard money. So overall, the offer seemed pretty good, other than a really low earnest money. Uh, so that was the only thing that I pressed hard on with a counter. I wanted a bigger earnest money deposit. So I asked for a $5,000 earnest money and they wouldn't budge. Then I tried to get a $2,500 earnest money and the buyer still wouldn't budge. In fact, he was willing to walk from the deal if I didn't accept his 1,000 earnest money. Now, having been in this business for a long time, the alarm bells were ringing loud and clear in my head. Flaky buyer, Jerry, don't do this. This is a flaky buyer but I didn't listen and I went ahead and accepted his offer. Here's what happened next. I marked the property pending and I took it off the market. We opened escrow and we started to prepare for a closing in 30 days. And as we got closer, I started to worry. I kept asking for a full approval letter from the lender and I would get excuses. And then the worst thing happened, the day of closing came and the buyer was not ready to close. He didn't have his funding. And I was livid. I mean, for me, I was livid. I called up the agent to find out what was going on. Take a listen. Oh, yeah. You got a reason to. I mean, this is why This is why you don't ever take a really low earnest money. It's just every time I've done that, I it means I have a flaky buyer. You know, if a buyer's not willing to put their neck on the line a tiny bit, then they're not serious. I mean, what is he doing right now? He's had, it's been forever. Like, you know, hard money lenders can approve you. I, I just don't understand why this is dragging on if he's exactly. legit. Yeah, I have, I have no answers. Um, I talked to the lender today and she said that she was not able to give me anything without him. So I tried to get him on the line and he said he was busy. And I texted him and said, you need to call me back ASAP before you lose Lexington. And I've not heard anything else. And that yeah. was at 11 when I said he needs to call me ASAP. And the lender gave me absolutely no reassurance of anything. So um, <clears throat> can you please tell him that he's going to forfeit his current earnest money and I'm going to put the property back on the market if he can't produce some results, some answers. Okay. By end of the day. Okay. Okay, that'd be great. All right, thank you. Thank Jay. you. Bye. All right. So you could see how frustrated I was. The agent got back to me and told me that the buyer needed more time to get his funding together. So I said, sure, I'll extend the closing, but I want a $5,000 non-refundable deposit and I'll extend the closing another two weeks. But of course the buyer was unwilling. That told me right there my buyer was full of crap, so I canceled the contract. I kept his measly $1,000 earnest money and I put the property back up for sale. The worst part was I lost an entire 30 days by tying up my deal with a flaky buyer. Idiot, why didn't I listen to my gut? Why didn't I follow my instincts? Why didn't I do what I teach? It made me think of what John Wayne once said, life is hard, it's even more hard if you're stupid. Now, 
I'm just messing around in all honesty. Making mistakes is part of the process of getting better and smarter. You don't earn your way to success, you learn your way to success. So watch how I learned from this mistake. Shortly after putting the property back on the market, I started getting showings and offers again, and one of them was pretty crazy. Let's measure this against all five factors. It was an investor from California. It was for full asking price of $169.9, which is $30,000 more than I bought it for. So price was so good that it actually wasn't very believable. The second factor is funding, and it was a cash offer, and the agent told me that the buyer could produce proof of funds and, they, and that he was not using hard money. She told me that this buyer is legit and buys like five or six properties a month and that he's the real deal. Yeah, right. The third factor is earnest money, and this offer was for only $1,000 earnest money, which I just experienced a too low of an earnest money, and it gets worse. The fourth factor is contingencies. This offer had a 21-day inspection contingency. Are you freaking kidding me? 21 days to do an inspection. And the fifth factor was closing, and this had a 30-day closing, which was fine. So I called the agent, I told her that I cannot deal with another flaky buyer. And she said that he needs 21 days because they're out of state and they need time to do an inspection. And I told her if they're buying five properties a month, then they have a team on the ground. Now I told her I could give a 10-day inspection max but that they were gonna have to give more earnest money. I told her if they want an inspection and if they're serious, put down 5,000 in earnest money. So she went back to the buyer and then came back and said that the best they can do is a 14-day inspection, but they would not budge off of their $1,000 earnest money. The agent kept arguing that they needed more time for due diligence, so I finally said, okay, fine. I'll accept your 14-day due diligence, but they have to put down more than $1,000. If this buyer is legit, prove it by putting down more money. So the agent went back to her buyer, and get this, the buyer decided to pull his offer. Not counter at 2,500 earnest money, or even 2,000 earnest money, no, just rescind the offer. Flaky, I told this agent I know exactly what's going on. This buyer is planning on stringing me along all the way to the end and then come back and hit me with a huge price reduction. Not cool. And once I was on to him, he just pulled out. Good thing I learned my lesson. I told the agent, I told you they were flaky. But the one good thing that came out of that flaky full price offer was I used it for leverage with my other interested buyers. For example, I got a cash offer for 135,000. I told the agent, no way. She came back and said 140,000 is the max they can pay. I told her, no way. Then she came back and said, I pushed hard and I got them to come up to 150,000. I told her that I just turned down a full price offer and I sent it to her. She responded with, I've done all of that I can, then some. You're turning ours down then. And I didn't even respond. Then the next day I got a 155,000 written offer from her in my inbox. So let's check it out and measure it against the five factors. Price was 155,000, which was okay. I was really hoping for 160,000, but at this point, I just want a real buyer and to be done with this property. Factor number two was funding, and this was a legit cash buyer. They sent me a bank checking account statement showing the funds. Factor number three was earnest money, and this was only 1550 which is better than I've gotten so far, but still too low. And I tried to get them higher, but they already came up 20000 from their original offer, so I let it go. Factor number four is contingencies. They had no contingencies, so that was great. And then factor number five, 
was a two-week closing, which was a really big deal for me. So because it was a legit cash offer with proof of funds, a two-week closing and no contingencies, I decided to go with it even though the earnest money was a little too low. So despite all the problems and delays after paying commissions and closing fees, my net profit is only $9,000. Am I disappointed? Yeah, I was hoping to make closer to 15,000 and do it a lot faster, but 9,000 will help pay the air conditioning on my 11,000 square foot house. No, seriously, I live in Arizona and my house has nine air conditioning units. But honestly, $9,000 on a deal I've never seen where I probably have only a few hours total invested into the deal is pretty cool. I don't know, you tell me. If you think $9,000 on a virtual wholesale deal is pretty cool, leave a comment and say, not bad, Jerry, you are sorta a flipping genius. Now, if you'd like to learn more how to do deals virtually like this, be sure to get my virtual flipper kit that says everything you need to do your first virtual deal in the next 30 days or less. And the best part is I'll give it to you for free just go to virtualflipperkit.com to download that right now. And if you like these hands-on type of videos where I break it down for you like this, be sure to watch this next video series where I break down all of the ins and outs of doing a deal from start to finish. So watch that now. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to my channel with almost 600 videos. This is the number one channel on YouTube for all things wholesaling and flipping. And I'll see you on the next video.